0: I'm hoping it's working, I guess In the house. there, I think I've got on that microphone I did. <laughs> I think the microphone is working now. Um, right. JK Vix, yes, it always is on Instagram. It's the um, it's the Facebook that it doesn't work, but I think it's working now. Um, all right, I've got some questions that have been asked before the uh, you know, on that thing where you where where Amy puts the thing and says ask a question, and there that um, hold on a minute, I didn't want to press that button, and so we've got some questions. So I'm going to do those first. Uh, hey, up my duck Um, right, so two procedures if you have two procedures um it says something like, is, is there a discount or something gyneco gynecomastia and liposuction so yes in general it, the answer to two procedures is yes there is a, a a discount for two procedures it's not because we're encouraging you to have two procedures because we're not allowed to do that we're not allowed and it's quite right that we shouldn't it's not like a question we're not allowed you know we shouldn't be encouraging people to have surgery and uh, there's quite strict guidance from the gmc and also from the barps about Um, how we uh, present ourselves to patients and it is uh, wrong to incentivize surgery so we cannot offer discounts or anything like that having said that when you have two procedures there is an economy of scale in terms of the fact that you open one set and you and you have kind of one um, you know one anesthetic and one time in theater and like it's, it's not the same as an additive effect of having two separate procedures. It's, 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 it's more efficiency. There's one hospital stay, one dressing clinic. So there is a, economies there which are passed on to the patient. So it is, it is uh, cheaper to have two procedures. Now this person's saying about gynecomastia and liposuction. Now, we just really have a price for, co- well, or two prices, but for, for co- correction of gynecomastia. When I do correction of gynecomastia, I do that with liposuction and it's usually um, liposuction and excision of the gland. Um, so liposuction is kind of a, an integral part of, of gynecomastia correction. It's gonna get myself comfy. That's all right, it's all right. Sit back, relax, got my puffer on. Is that a bit casual? It's a thin puffer, both birthday presents by the way, sweatshirt and the puffer. Um, puffer you're supposed to wear under, in Madrid lots of people wearing it under suits actually amy's told me off for doing these talking bits in between because she wants to use it on youtube oh god sorry amy right anyway um oh oh yeah gynecomastia so gynecomastia correction liposuction is part of a gynecomastia correction so it's not like there's another price for gynecomastia and liposuction it's it's a price for gynecomastia that's it the thing about gynecomastia is that it's more expensive if you have um, skin excision. So um, Amy's in the house. Oh, Amy's in the house. Amy, yeah, Amy's, yeah, Amy's not in the house, but that Amy is in the house. Um, so um, yeah, but if you have something like um, a tummy tuck with liposuction, or a tummy tuck with a breast reduction, or you know, um, yeah, you know, whatever arm reduction and a mastopexy, something like that, that would be cheaper than having them done separately but don't let that swear you too much you've got to do what's right for you you're getting an amy yeah amy's going to tell me off um so yeah that was one so i've got three questions asked before the actually things the thing started so uh mini tummy tuck uh god see i can't see the question because i'm on oh there's a question as well mini tummy tuck something along the lines of well, actually, I've got a, let's let's do it all. So I've got a question here, which says, can you repair a diastasis without having a tummy tuck? So that was actually one of my questions. But someone's also asked, can you have, can you repair the lower uh, diastasis with a mini tummy tuck? So the, the, the lower being the bit below the belly button. So um, the answer to, well, let's do this, this first. Can you repair a diastasis recti without re- having a tummy tuck? You can, and I have. Well, I should say I have tried to be quite honest. Full disclosure: not many people here, are there? Um, it didn't. It, it didn't. It didn't work very well. I'll be honest. Um, it's very hard to to repair. If you don't know what a diastasis recti is, the recti are the muscles on either side of your belly button. The six pack muscles. There's two muscles that go straight down. They've got these things called tendinous intersections, which give the the definition and the, and the six pack. But they're actually going straight down. And when you have uh, put on weight and when you have uh, pregnancies, they get stretched apart. And so that means a gap between those muscles and sometimes there's a bulge. And so having a tummy tuck, repairing that uh, diastasis, <clears throat> also known as diverification, is an integral part of a tummy tuck. And it's quite easy to do because you have to access all the way up to the rib cage when you do a tummy tuck. And so it's all like exposed. So it's quite easy to repair a uh, diastasis at the time of a tummy tuck. It's a different kettle of fish if you're not having a tummy tuck. Because if you're not, the problem if you're not having a tummy tuck, if you get a surgeon to do it, to, a plastic surgeon, well, hopefully you will get a surgeon. If you get a plastic surgeon like moi, what I'm going to do is I'm going to think I'm not going to give you a, 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 like obvious scar, so I'm going to give you a scar in your lower abdomen like where a caesarean scar is, and I'm going to tunnel all the way up to try and repair the, the rectus muscles all the way up here. So I'm going to tunnel all the way up to here to try and repair those muscles because I don't want to give you a visible scar. And that's what I did and it was very difficult and not particularly successful if i'm completely honest with you um and so i would now if someone came to me with that um saying i don't want or need a tummy tuck and i just want my diastasis repaired i would say no i can't do it now um the way to do it and i think what happened i ended up referring this chapter to the, the uh, general surgeons and the, ge- the way a general surgeon would do it is they would just make an incision right over the diastasis, direct access and repair it. And it's actually quite easy if you're going to make an incision over the diastasis and repair it, that'd be easy. But then you look like you'll have, have a laparotomy. It looks like you've had a abdominal surgery. So I don't particularly like that. You've got to quite, especially, you know, particularly if you're having it for a cosmetic reason, if you're having the diastasis for a cosmetic reason, then uh, you'll get, get another cosmetic thing, having a big scar in your upper abdomen. So I don't particularly like that, to be honest with you. So uh, I would probably say if you've got a diastasis without a, a need for a tummy tuck, I, will, I, would not, um, I, I would not advise having it fixed because I don't think it would be um, very um, satisfactory to do it through a lower incision. And I think it would be, it would be unsightly to do it through an upper midline incision. Um, now this other question saying, can you have a mini tummy tuck and fix the lower diastasis? Well, yes, you can. So with a mini tummy tuck, the big difference in a mini and a full is you don't go above the belly button with a mini. And so one of the problems, one of the issues with a mini is you can't repair the diastasis above the belly button. Well, you can if you float the belly button, if you transect the belly button. Um, But again, it's difficult to get above the belly button with a mini. So to all intents and purposes, you can't uh, get above the belly button with a mini. However, yes, you do have access to the lower abdomen, so you could repair the lower diastasis with a mini. Having said that, most people have um, the problem is in sort of above the belly button kind of area, so they don't have that problem in the lower abdomen. But if you have got a problem, yes, the answer is yes, it is very possible to repair a um, lower diastasis with a, a mini tummy tuck but you wouldn't be able to get above the belly button at least you wouldn't be able to easily get above the, the belly button um what else have we got we got a question here which says price range for tummy tuck and 360 lipo um i don't do 360 lipo when people ask for that i, I, I sometimes I, I go back at that and I say what, what do you mean by 360 lipo do you know what you mean by 360 lipo personally i don't do three i don't do all the around the back lipo when i'm doing a tummy tuck it's quite a big deal there. And uh, you need quite a lot of rolling and things. So I do hips and flanks to the lipo. So I get as far back as I can with you lying flat on your back. So that's the first thing. I don't really turn you. So um, I don't know if these people who are doing this, three, so presumably someone's doing it because they're calling it that. Um, I don't know if they're, they're turning you and, and doing lipo. Now, most people don't have a problem with excess fat on the back. It's usually the hips and flanks. It's the sort of side areas. Uh, and sort of getting round to the flanks which is kind of where the kidneys are so you can get quite far round with uh, liposuction with you lying on the back but it's not strictly speaking 360 so I don't do that um, price range I've got no idea does anyone know how much uh, some type with liposuction is I'm going to say 10,000 pounds anyone got any advance on that I think it's about that nine ten. That eight, eight to ten thousand. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the prices are. Genuinely, I have no idea. I don't want to know. It's stressful enough doing this surgery without having to worry about how much people have to pay for the stuff. But if you go on the website, if you do request a quote, you'll get an email sent with the price on it. So you'll get it all sent if you go to the request a price on the tummy tuck page. But, um, or you can send us a message and we'll, Amy will tell you what the prices, she knows all the prices are. But, uh, I, um, I don't, uh, don't deal with that stuff. What's going on? Questions from stories. Oh, okay. That was the ones I've already got. If I had two, oh, this is how you get them. If you have two procedures at once, the gyno and liposuction, do you package this? Questions. So what is, oh, I've done that. Katie, do you have any helpful leaflets or info on how to check your breasts with implants for lumps, etc., breast cancer? So two questions. So first of all, okay, that's the first one. So, um, well, the way you check your lump, breasts for lumps in terms of breast cancer is the same whether you've got implants in or not. So it doesn't make a difference having implants in. The implants are behind the breast. Whether the implants are in front of or behind the muscle, they're always behind the breast. So when you feel, you're always feeling breast. Now when you're feeling your breast for lumps, you're not expected to be able to differentiate between a lump with the implant or a lump with the breast, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a breast lump or an implant lump. If you've got a lump, you need to seek help. And then the doctors will decide whether it's implant or breast or what needs to be done. But it's, it's it's for from your point of view, you're just looking for lumps in your breast. And you don't need to think, is that my implant or is that my breast? So you examine your breast the same way whether you've got implants or not. We don't have leaflets on how you examine your breast. No, we don't. Um, but the main point is to try and do it regularly be aware and look for changes because when you first examine your breasts you often find they're quite lumpy and you think oh my god there's a lump there's a bump and then it's just looking for changes really so um and if you're worried you know get go and see your gp get checked out because if you've got implants in i'm always saying to people look i'm very happy to see you um because if you have got implants in your gp will often say oh you've got implants in so um For my patients, I always say, "Look, I'm very happy to see you. If you want me to be the first point of call, that's absolutely fine. And then I can give you an idea whether it's breast or implant. Um, But checking your breasts for lumps is an important thing to do, whether or not you've got implants in, and you do it the same way, whether or not you've got implants in. Um, So thank you for that. And follow up question from Katie, with regards to capsular contracture, with implants, what sort of pain or sensation would I feel in my breasts? So, capsular contracture is uh, scar tissue forming around the implant, and it's a progressive condition. So, it starts off with it just look like feeling a little bit hard, but looking fine. Then it looks a bit, the breast looks a bit, misshapen and a bit fuller, and then it gets painful. The sort of pain you get is like an ache. It's a, it's an ache. It's not, it's not usually a sharp pain. It's an ache, and and the pain is like the fourth stage. So, the first stage is. Basically, you can't see or feel them. It's um everybody's got stage one capsular contracture. Stage two capsular contracture is the fact that you can feel the breast when you, uh, you feel the implants when you examine patients, but they look fine. Stage three is when they start to look a little bit misshapen. And usually it's one side. So one side looks a bit misshapen, often looks a bit fuller in the upper part as that capsule is contracting around that, that implant. The implants are called round implants, but they're kind of like dome shape. As the capsule contracts, it turns into a round, into a ball, into a sphere, and it can look quite full. And then stage four is is painful um, breast. So if it is, so I I don't know what, you're asking the question maybe saying, is my pain capsule a contracture sort of thing? You kind of have to have quite an obvious uh, capsule before you start getting pain. So if you're getting pain and you haven't got an obvious capsule, you might be thinking maybe it's something else. I mean, there's lots of reasons for breast pain. So, um, capsular uh, pain is usually kind of an end stage symptom of capsular contracture. Contracture it happens sort of a little bit later on, but it's like an ache, uncomfortable when you go and hug someone. It's like oh god, that hurts. So that's the kind of pain that you get with a uh, with a capsular contracture. Look at that. That's what that's uh, what we're after. That's the sort of spontaneous um, publicity we need. All those questions coming in um that is unbelievable you know unbelievable i could have almost done this just i could have just done it. i could have just stop here now couldn't i So that's it i've done my q a just on, purely on questions that have been preordained but i'm not going to because i have got some questions in the bag because i'm always worried that's not going to happen it's quite a big deal to come on and just say right ask me some questions you know so i always make sure we've got some asked before but uh that's amazing we've got those ones um there and then anyway these questions are the uh are some preordained ones do i need to have a general anaesthetic for an arm reduction no no you don't um now um a little bit uncomfortable i was talking to one of the anesthetists about this the other day and um we i've got to be honest I've, i'm kind of like changed a bit in terms of my feelings of of, of general anesthetic and so-called twilight or local anesthetic with sedation so when we were in lockdown we kind of there were, we were limited as to where we could operate um and we went to some places where we could only do twilight local and sedation and it was amazing what you can do under twilight and you can to be fair do most things under twilight uh, and uh, and it works really well and it is really good now i'm back in hospitals where you can do general anesthetic and i don't do twilight very often and i think you end up doing a lot more twilight in places where you have to do twilight than you would if you were able to do ga so in the hospitals where you can do GA. Obviously, you can do GA and twilight, and you don't end up doing twilight very often. So um, I'm and speaking to anaesthetists, you know, the twilight is often quite similar to a GA in terms of the depth of anesthesia. Um, and so it's not like wildly different. But but nevertheless, if there's a reason that you don't want general, which is presumably what I'm getting at from this question, uh, yes, I think an arm reduction is one of those ones where you could. But as I say, it, well, i didn't say it, but i'm going to say it now it's a bit uncomfortable um because you often have to do liposuction you don't always do liposuction with an arm reduction but that can be a bit uncomfortable and you go quite deep because you take it to full thickness of the, of the fat away. but for sure it is something that can be done under a twilight or local anesthetic sedation arm reduction would be um perfectly reasonable to do it in that way do we offer treatment for basal cell carcinoma by god yes we do of course we do well not of course we do we do we do skin cancer skin cancer is an integral part of plastic surgery we've got uh, azam farroa at the clinic who is uh, a specialist in skin cancers and um and uh, you know we we can all do skin cancers and we've all treated skin cancers so basal cell carcinoma is a is a skin cancer and uh needs a a wide excision so you take a rim of normal skin around it so it often leaves a bigger scar than you might expect, but it's um, it's eminently treatable when they're completely excised. So that is something that, uh, for sure, we can uh, handle at z clinic. Do we offer the donut lift technique? Um, I'm going to probably say no to that. What uh, that question? We we can't. I don't know what the other guys' view is It are uh, I don't know what all costus view is on this, but I'm not a massive fan of the donut technique. The donut te- technique is a type of breast lift. With just a scar around the areola so can we do it yes we can um do we do it no we don't i mean i do do it sometimes for a tuberous breast deformity or uh, gynecomastia for a male uh, a breast to tighten the skin so you can do it and it does definitely tighten the skin but it doesn't do a great job of it on a female breast i don't think it gives good projection to the breast it flattens the breast uh, it gives quite a wrinkled scar because your donut is a big scar into a little scar, um, and so yeah, I mean the scar does tend to fade. To be fair, uh, I think you get a better lift by doing the um, the lollipop or the or the inverted T. So I personally pretty much always would put a uh, a vertical scar below that areola scar and often a horizontal one as well. So we can do the donut lift, but if you're held hell bent on the donut lift um probably not going to be your first port of call happy to talk to you about it but um but probably not not the people to go and see you'll probably want to go and see someone who is big in the donut lift and done loads of them and has got loads of photos to show you and says this is a great thing the donut lift and i'm sure there are people out there like that i'm sure people do do the donut lift it's just uh, not i when having serial excision, does the scar have to be very soft slash flat almost before I can have the next stage of excision? Yeah. Interesting question, this. Um, and the answer is yes. And it does sound a bit weird, doesn't it? If you're going to have a serial excision. So if you're going to have a um, something removed, usually it's a tattoo uh, removed, and then you have a scar and the scar's all red and angry. And we say you've got to wait at least four months for that scar to soften. So you wait for ages, wait for months, massage it, get the scar really soft. And then what you do? You cut it out, create a new scar. So you might say, wait a minute, why do I have to wait four months for the scar to soften? Because you're cutting the scar out. Completely understand that mentality. But fact is, yes, it is better to wait until the scar is completely soft, almost flat, because the scar tissue is kind of indicative of the tissues in the area. And while the tissues in the area are a bit firm and a bit woody and not really very forgiving, it's very hard to do the next stage serial excision and you can't remove as much skin on the next stage. So if you wanna maximize the amount of skin on the next stage, which obviously you want to, you do wanna do because you don't wanna keep on coming back to serial excisions, the longer you leave it, the softer that scar gets, the more the t- skin and the tissues relax, the more tissue you get out on the second stage. So it does sound like a paradox because you're gonna go back and cut the scar out, but yes, you need to massage the scar because it's not just the scar, it's all the tissues in the area that are going to be firm. And so you need to make sure they are softened as much as possible before having that next stage. I went to Turkey in February for breast augmentation and I now have an infection where the incisions were made. My GP is not being very helpful. What would be your advice? Hmm. It's really hard. It's really hard, and we we do get this. We do get this. People who've been abroad for surgery who have got problems, and um, I don't see them um, because it's. I completely understand why um, they are desperate for help. Um, the. The, the problem is when you do this surgery, the way it is set up is that the surgery is paid for. It's a fixed price package for the surgery and the aftercare. And as a doctor, we've got responsibility to our patients. Um, and we don't, we, the, the system in this country is not set up for an aftercare package. You might say we should have one, well, we haven't. We haven't just got an aftercare package. If you pay for breast augmentation here, it's a lot more expensive than a breast augmentation in Turkey. That's why people go to Turkey or wherever. Um, and you know it's kind of like now you're realizing why. It's because p- perhaps I mean I don't want to like um be bad about whatever certain places I don't know, but it, if you are seeking getting problems, it might be that that is why it's so cheap. You might think, why is it so cheap? this is great? I'll get it done. Half the price, I'll save thousands of pounds. Look at these idiots having it done in the UK wasting their money. Well, you know, this is the problem you own. You kind of often only realize it once you've got a problem. And uh, I guess the onerous is on us to explain to people before they go to say, look, you have to make an informed decision if you're going to get that uh, surgery cheaper. But you've got to think about why is it cheaper and accept that you might have problems like this because you will find that you will have difficulty with people giving you help. The NHS is only a certain amount that that they can do. If you've got kind of really bad problems, they will will help you. But if you're just not happy and you've got problems with your wounds and things like that, it is difficult. And it's kind of like, you know, if you think of it from someone who's had surgery in the UK and spent all the money To have me do the surgery in the uk and then you spend less money to have it done at turkey and then i do your aftercare it's like well why you know i so you know i would say and i know this is probably not helpful that um the onus is on the surgeon in turkey to look after you so we're saying the gp is not being very helpful well it's the onus is on the people who did the surgery and really i don't know how it works with these places do they not have representatives in the uk or you know it, it, it is the people who did the surgery who need to help you and um you know certainly from my point of view i want to be the person that is helping. if someone's got a problem i don't want them to be on some you know Q and A with some, or ringing up some other surgeon, saying, you know, oh please help me because my GP's not being helpful. I'm like, forget the GP, you should be coming and seeing me. I don't even want you to phone the GP. I, I want to be helping you. So, um, you know, that that's the problem here. The problem is that uh, these places, and if they're not, then well, I don't. Know. And that's the other problem with going abroad. As I've, I've always said, that it's not necessarily bad surgeons are good surgeons in the UK. The problem is we don't know how it's it's different. We don't know how it's regulated. You don't know who to go to. You don't know who to say, look, what's going on here. You know, in this country, we have regulatory bodies. We have the Barts. We have the GMC. Um, You know, you have places you can go and say, look, this doctor is not looking after me properly. Have a word with him, Um, and we would get severely reprimanded and taken uh, to task if we don't look after our patients post-operatively. So. but your doctor in turkey they it seems to be that some places can just ignore you when you've got a problem which is unbelievable to me but um but i, I you know i don't know what to say and, I, and i'll tell you now I, I don't tend to you know i'm very happy to do this i'm very happy to give you advice on on like this but um once you take it on as a surgeon once a surgeon takes you on for your aftercare they're then responsible for you they're then responsible once that's. it's, it's a, once the incisions have healed, once the infection's gone, if the breasts are all wonky, if you've got the scars are all bad, then it becomes that surgeon's responsibility to try and fix that. And it's very hard doing revision surgery. It's very hard when you get infections, if you have to remove implants. You know, it's hard to 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 come back from that, and um, no one really wants to take that on. Um, obviously, we have to take it on if it's our own patients, but. Um, you will struggle i suspect to find people to help you i don't know what the answer is really Um, but you know it's it's just trying to get the message to people and being informed and i don't know if you were informed that's the other you know did you realize this was you know did you kind of go in with your eyes open that this was the gamble you were taking and and now this has happened and it's like well what can you do you know this is this is why it, you, you save the money and um and as i say my advice is to go to you know ring up the turkey people and, and say look i need help and i can't travel back or maybe you do need to travel back i don't know what the aftercare arrangements are you know maybe you need to say before having the surgery what do i do if there's a uh, if there's a problem you know maybe you need to make it uh, clear but i don't know maybe people don't ask these sorts of things but um but yeah so what's my advice? My advice is go back to the Turkey people and um and they they, they should look after you. That is the what, what that's what should happen. Um right, what's Ange got? Ange, evening Jay. Jay, nice. Single did you've even shortened the JJ to J. That's uh what you got, Ange? Do you think a belt lipectomy is a successful surgery and what would the recovery be like? Many thanks, Ange. Um do I think a belt lipectomy is a successful surgery? Uh, well, I've got to be honest with you, Ange, it's a big surgery. It's a big, big surgery. And I normally tell people that you're going to have a problem. Don't want to be negative, but there's probably going to be something, you know, some part of the scars, aroma and localized infection. So it's such a big op, you know? So in that respect, you could say, well, is it successful? Because there's pretty much always a problem. Um, you know what it is successful because the people who have it have got significant circumferential excess particularly laterally you know so it's it it does have a massive change on people's lives but it is quite a lot to go through and you don't want to take it on lightly and there are not many people really that are candidates for it to be honest with you um you can do an awful lot with a tummy tuck with a standard full tummy tuck um but there's no question particularly if you've got fullness on the sides and also to to a degree the back you know the belt lipectomy is is the way to 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 get that circumferential skin um tightening so i would say kind of is it successful yes and no yes it's massively successful in that the patients who have it are absolutely transformed i saw someone uh last week i think it was on friday who'd had one and you just look at her and think my god You look completely, you know, absolutely transformational, Um, amazing. Uh, um, So massively successful from that point of view. But you have to accept it's a big operation and there are risks and there are, you know, there is a good chance that you will have some kind of issue um, and and you know, it's it's there's there might be a bit of wound healing problems or or some issue somewhere. Um, So you you want to go in with your eyes open, but. But, yeah, it's in the right person, transformational and very, very successful. Um, Many thanks to you, Ange. Many thanks to you. So what a roller coaster that was. So I am uh, I'm out just uh, just so you know, I am out of questions here. So this is the wind up piece now. Where we kind of you know wind up just in case someone comes in with a late uh, a late one but uh what i would say is next week is easter i know this week is easter holidays but i'm working this week as you can tell i think you can tell that i'm working um but next week i am off well i'm working on friday now because costas has cancelled his clinic because of the doctor's strike so, he's crossed down. so but after my problems, on Tuesday I'm off because it's uh, Easter holidays, and I believe it's Easter Sunday this Sunday. So happy Easter, uh, everyone! To all my fans, uh, to all my followers, to um, all, all of all of you. Um, and I will be back in the place to be in two weeks' time, uh, right here. So uh, I expect you to be here too. If you have any questions, please put them on that little bubble thing that Amy does like you did this week, which is fantastic. But you can also um, you know, on the on the Facebook post or the Instagram post is it a story? Mm-hmm. Let's put it on the story. Anyway, but also, um uh, by all means question me by posting on the Facebook on the Instagram. On the YouTube. Let's not forget YouTube. YouTube's been quiet, hasn't it? Happy Easter Ange. Happy Easter to you. A great Easter. Hope the Easter, I hope they do too, Corinne. I really do. I absolutely love Easter. Gotta be honest with you, but you just gotta control me on the eggs. Please just control me, hold me back. Because i if I'm left in a room on my own with an Easter egg. It's just not pretty it is not pretty all right that's not a scene that you would want to see but um but i do love it i do love easter so have a lovely easter yourselves and uh thanks jackie thanks corin thanks for your continued support thank you Ange, for your, your for your question and your comments and i will be seeing you in two weeks time goodness knows when that is it's probably going to be the middle of april then isn't it so whatever it's 14 plus four is anyone Anyone 18, right, 18th of April that'll be. And I will um see you post Easter. Stop the Have a question not covered in today's show, then send it over to info at Styano Plastic uk using the hashtag ask JJ. We'd love to hear from you.